Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Today, I have a special guest. Um, she is the founder and CEO of Just Her Rideshare out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Self-described servant of others, a wife, and a mother, um, Kimberly Evans. Hello, Kimberly. How are you? Hi, Baxter. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I am so happy to be able to, to learn more about your journey, but then also share it with other people because, you know, I say this often, I get zero dollars per episode, whether it's zero or a million dollars an episode. I want to talk to people that I want to talk to and people that inspire me. And I'm hoping that, you know, I'm not the only one that's inspired. So thank you for joining. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. So let's get at it. Yeah, let's jump into <laughs> it. So just her ride share. Um, I, I'll i give you my impression, then I'll, I'll shut up and let you, you talk. But uh, just as far as the things that I know so far, it's it's really um, to provide a safe space for for women, right? Not only as um, passengers, but also an opportunity for for women to 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 work and to provide, you know, uh, to make additional income in in an, in an area that that can be unsafe, right? It's just a lot of whenever you open it up to the public and you're dealing with public there's a lot of uncertainty. And I know that there's a, another, a number of other aspects to it, but when I think about it, it feels, you know, it's really for the service and the safety of women, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Just Her Rideshare is a community, a rideshare community of women drivers and riders, uh, simply because we wanted to create a safe space, but not only just a safe space, but we wanted to create um, sort of an empowerment for women to be able to choose who they wanted to ride with them as well as drive, right? Mm. So we know that now there are no choices. We know that statistically um, there are a lot of assaults against women in this industry uh, with some of the top leading companies uh, that have resulted in you know, physical abuse, uh, sexual assault, even murder. Uh, which is something that happened very close to pro in proximity to where I live. Mm. And so, yeah, so we wanted just to create this safe space for women uh, because no one else was doing it. And so we felt, hey, the solution is simple to us. We'll do it and we'll yeah. give women the opportunity to choose. How, how did the idea come about? Like, how was it sort of birthed and, and what, what made you decide, you know what, this is, this is something I want to tackle? So great question, uh, Baxter. Just to write here was actually birthed out of pain and disappointment uh, from a broken business partnership. Um, mm. You know, just, you know, I got into partnership with someone uh, who we wanted to sort of, again, uh, travel this journey. And about 10 months into uh, the project, she decided she no longer wanted to move forward. But by that time, God had already started to give me vision uh, to create, uh, to use this platform to not only create a rideshare community, but to be able to connect with women. 
And so I prayed, I fasted for about three weeks and I didn't know if I wanted to move forward until I got clearance that it was time to move forward. And so the idea, that's how Just Her Rideshare was birthed. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that it was something that I had to continue uh, because I could see so much vision and mission around what we were doing. And a lot of times, you know, purpose does come out of pain. And many times, a lot of us walk away from our dreams and our aspirations when it gets tough, when it gets hard, when it hurts a little bit. But, you know, to get to the ultimate goal, sometimes you just got to push through and you got to keep going. So literally, it took about 30 days to kind of relaunch and sort of move a little bit in a different direction, but to continue on the path um, that God had showed me. And yeah, I mean, in 30 days, we were like up and running. I'd raised my first $25,000. And so we were literally uh, right in the place where we knew God wanted us. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think about that often. And I would just love to get your opinion on, you know, I'm such an optimist, right? And, um, you know, I believe in God. I believe that, you know, that that sometimes it ain't easy. And most time it ain't, Right. And, and so sometimes like, for example, you have a meeting to go to and it's in, and it's raining and it's a thunderstorm. And some people may say, ah, that's a sign that it's not gonna be a good meeting. In my brain, I think, no, no, th- there's some really great stuff on the other side of this. And that's why it's raining so that I can, you know, maybe appreciate it even more, right? Like. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but like, how do you determine the the the, uh, the impediments that you face? How do you determine if that's a sign to kind of stop something versus like, no, no, this means that there's a break, a, a sort of an awesome breakthrough on the other end. Well, you know, it's interesting you would say that because sometimes I'm very optimistic. Uh, but sometimes because I'm I'm very cerebral um, and I'm very analytical, a lot of times I, some people see the glass half full or half empty. I see it both, right? If that's possible, but I'm always going to weigh out a situation. Uh, I'm always going to, because I think sort of like one thing begets another thing, you know, sure. there's a cause and effect. But the thing that I've learned is a lot of times you cannot allow it to uh, stop you from moving forward. Mm -hmm. Like I believe that you have to continue to experience the journey. So if I wake up one day and I have an amazing meeting uh, and it is pouring, raining, or the sky has fallen or whatever, I feel like continuing that meeting, regardless of what happens, if I have enough courage and strength to keep going and trust the process that whatever happens, Um, It's supposed to happen because ultimately I get to choose how I handle it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't really, um, you know, I don't really allow anything sort of to stop me. Now I'm I'm not saying that I don't ever get discouraged or I don't ever think, wow, maybe I shouldn't be going down that path because I'm always seeking guidance from God about what I should do and where I should go. And sometimes I do get caught up in, okay, is that him speaking? Is that God speaking? Or is that me? Is that, you know, and, but I have to trust the process. And part of trusting a process is also trusting myself to handle whatever outcome it is, Mm. whether good, bad, or indifferent, whether it is the worst mistake I could have made, whether it is the worst decision I could have made. 
because I've done that before. And you'll yeah. do that in business as entrepreneurs, but you have to continue to keep moving and know that you can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I had a conversation. I was dropping my my eight-year-old off this morning. We were talking about these experiences that we have are sort of like, you know, uh, trading cards or like puzzle pieces. And 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 as we, you know, kind of grab and, and acquire more of these, we 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 get into these other moments and we go, oh, oh no, 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 I this I recognize this, right? And then we can kind of go reference it. Um, something else that, you know, that prior experience. And I told her just because you get old doesn't mean that you are really acquiring those pieces, right? You may be dismissing them or disregard, you know, disregarding them and, and they're important to your what's next. And um, we don't always appreciate it until we we're looking for it and realize we we left it behind, right? We didn't really learn that lesson. Um, So back to just her right here. So, uh, based out of Charlotte um, and, but you have plans already for sort of um, going into different markets, right? Like uh, tell me about sort of what's going on in the Charlotte market and then things that you can kind of discuss as far as um, any potential like growth in in, in different uh, regions states and that sort of thing. Yeah. So Charlotte is our, our test market, it's, it's our hub, it's where our corporate office is. And so one of the things that we knew because we were moving into a huge industry uh, with huge brands that we had sort of one shot to sort of do it right. And we decided that we would do it slow and steady, that we would be driven by metrics, you know, by data. So we w- didn't want to launch in too many different places at one time even though we do have uh, plans uh, to launch in some of the other smaller cities in North Carolina, like the Raleigh-Durham area, Greensboro, sort of the triad triangle area, what we call uh, also some cities in South Carolina. But initially, Charlotte will be our test market. We will look at the data. We will see what's here. And I will tell you this, our goals for expansion, we wanted to sort of, uh, in our projection, we were going to go to Atlanta um, as sort of this rollout, this next uh, expansion rollout. But we uh, back in March, I think it was, uh, we did a interview with Fox 32 News in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And after that news interview, we got so much uh, feedback from that community there yeah. that when are you coming here? We want you to come. And we were like, no, we're, we don't have plans to come. We just sort of wanted to kind of get our feelers out there. But uh, even from city officials, um, like I had a conversation with the assistant deputy director of the regional economic development uh, center. And they were like, let us know, like there are opportunities here. And so we're looking at sort of the Chicago um as we also launch in maybe perhaps Atlanta simultaneously, but we do have um, this amazing five-year rollout plan for different states uh, like Tennessee and New Orleans and some other places uh, in the country. And uh, we'll just see, we'll follow the data. Yeah. Um, When we initially just connected, I was so impressed with sort of your, um, your, your mind as far as like the strategic piece of it, right? You know, I, I have a, a family member who's one of my best friends who, who happens to be in marketing and, and she's the strategist, right? I'm like the idea person. 
and I have an idea. This is part of my vetting process, right? Talk to the wife. The, you know, she may or may not give me a lie initially. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I'll try to get get my head around some potential like you know pros and cons, right? But I got to take it to um, Tiana. Shout out to Tiana. Um, and either you know, typically she'll tear it apart, right? But per, and she'll put a professional hat on and say, "Well, you, yeah, you got something, but you need to think about it this way, this way, that." And it's like, oh man, you know. So, but I've gotten a much better sort of from a strategy standpoint, understanding, okay, how do I, where do I want to go? How do I work backwards from that? But that's not something natural. My The natural piece of my brain is the idea piece. Yeah. The plan piece is like, eh, we'll figure that out. But you can't, you can't operate that way. Like, where did you get that mindset? Like, have you always been very like, uh, you know, strategy oriented and strategic or is it something that you've learned over the years yeah so something i've learned over the years so i've been a business owner for over 20 years so this is not my first run at this i've uh built successful a couple of successful businesses and i failed at more (laughs) so i've had some epic fails uh, including my very first business uh, that was in the clothing industry um, in the mid 90s. I mean, it was my first epic fail, uh, but it was my biggest life lesson because I learned so much. I learned how um, to uh, negotiate and I learned distribution and manufacturing. I also learned accounting. I learned a lot of things because I, I've been operating, you know, by definition, small businesses and uh, never a large corporation. Uh, but I, I also learned how to pivot uh, because when I couldn't uh, sell, no longer sell eight, nine hundred dollar suits, um, I knew that one thing that I had was the gift of gab. I knew that God had blessed me uh, <laughs> with a mouth and I could talk and I could speak. And so I turned it into um, teaching dress code et- etiquette. So mm-hmm. I went from selling eight, nine hundred dollar uh, apparel items to uh, teaching dress code in corporations and law offices and things like that. So I, I learned a lot, but strategically, um, I, I learned that along the way. It didn't come at once. So mm-hmm. it came through failure. It came through learning how to pivot. It came uh, through doing uh, different things and being open to grow and to learn. But because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist by nature, um, I always have to see a plan. Mm-hmm. I don't now. I don't fall apart when the plan doesn't work. But in order for me to sort of move the way I like to move, I need to kind of see what's ahead. Sure. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with the faith that I have. It's just visually. I'm a very visual person, and I have to see a roadmap. So, <laughs> yeah. So lots of years of experience in business and failing and succeeding. So yeah. No, that that's good. Um, it reminds me of another question I want to ask you. But first, I want to talk about like the role that like mentors have played in, in your life. You've had a number of business ventures, right? Um, I think you can I think you called yourself a serial entrepreneur when we when we first met. Um, talk about mentors in your life that sort of helped you some you know down some of these paths and helped you learn some of these lessons. Maybe uh warning you about a few things so you didn't have to learn every single one on your own 
Any anybody that stands out or any people that that's been, you know, key? So one of the things, okay, so I've only been in business with my husband prior to okay. now. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I was sort of in business with a couple of other people, but those businesses never sort of got off the ground. So this was my first time sort of being in partnership with other people. This was my first time raising capital because my husband and I had always bootstrapped our other businesses. So we sort of relied on each other. We learned, you know, from, you know, people in the industry like, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Dave Ramsey and all of these noted um, professionals and, uh, and, you know, just as it relates to how do we build, um, how do we restore, how do we take care of our debt, how do we create business uh, wealth and that kind of thing. Real, real mentors on this journey that I'm on now, I didn't have early on mm-hmm. um, other than, you know, books and seminars and getting on platforms. I was actually looking for someone to say, you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like yeah. you have literally bumped your head. But as time went along, because I, I had to do the work, uh, usually I'm a person where if something is not available, I go find it. Yeah. And so I did. And then I started to connect with other like-minded people. I started to uh, surround myself by people who were smarter, who knew yeah. more, who could sort of share with me uh, certain things. So I've had quite a few mentors, but not one uh, in particular, other than my husband. He's sort of my strategic partner in, in a yeah. way like we he's my thought partner. I'll say that. Yeah, no, that's important. And um, I had a conversation recently around mentorship. And um, there's a gentleman who said, you know, a lot of times people that are our mentors, they don't even know it, right? They don't we, even know it. We pull from people, especially if we're paying attention. And we go, I really like the way that they handled that. Or, man, the way that they were so prepared for this or whatever, right? That You know, we start to acquire these things kind of like these like ornaments yeah on a tree and then um next thing you know it looked like it was patched together but once we put it together it it looks you know we we wear it well right um and you always need sounding boards for absolutely you have to because a lot of times we can get um arrogant in our, in our thought process that we think we know uh, everything, but I learned very early on uh, to surround myself by people who uh, knew more, who had experienced more uh, because who, because I'm a student of life. And anytime I feel like you stop becoming a student of life uh, is when you, you start down a road of failure. Uh, because there's always something to learn from everyone's experience. So yeah, n- you know, not one name in particular, but many on a, on yeah. this journey. Yeah. Um, the the um, just her ride share has a social aspect that I just think is like amazing. Can you talk about that? And um, again, how did you know? Walk me through why why the social piece was so important to you. So, yeah, the social piece is extremely important to me. Uh, even though we're a for-profit company, we are on a mission. Um, every company that I have built, I've always built it around service to others. Um, so I've been sort of in the customer support um, 
industry for many, many years, whether it was on a quality assurance um, level or um, as an SME instructor training um, someone how to always take care of your customers. So super important. But then I've also been a a volunteer. I've been a support of my community. Um, I, I always say I Um, I take care of my home. I serve my home. I serve my community. I serve my church Uh, because it's really like the most organic part of who I am, like money and all of those things I've had. um, I've been poor, you know, poor and I've, I've had some things, but at the root of who I am, I always find joy in what I can do for others. And so mm-hmm. I've always built my companies around there. So I knew that going into the industry early on um, and, and, and for a minute, I had to sort of clearly define and not muddy the water. Like, mm-hmm. are you a for-profit company? Because you're going to now be dealing with investors and is it altruism? Is it capitalism? Is yeah. all of this? But um Sure enough, I found my space and I said, yes, we are because I am in business to make money. Uh, but I, I found a way that we could do it without muddy in the water, without making investors feel like, well, get the money first and then you can worry about that. Yeah. I felt like we could serve all along. And so the social part of it was extremely important because I knew there was a call to do more. I knew that it couldn't be about a house or a boat or, you know, a 10X, a hundred million. It it couldn't be just about that. It had to be about impacting lives along the way. And so that's what we decided to do. We got on that path and we've been on that path uh, from day one uh, because it was clearly defined. It was Windex clear to me what I was supposed to be doing on this journey. Talk talk a bit more about specifically like what, what types of things you guys are doing from a service and social okay. aspect. So we always tell women that we not only want to ride with you and drive with you, but we want to build community with you because community is so important. And when it comes to women, because we have the platform uh, to be with women, to work with women, I believe that if you take care of a woman, she will naturally take care of her community. She doesn't only take care of her children, but she'll take care of the children down the street. She'll take care of the children around the corner. And so when you empower women and give women an opportunity to grow, um, then we naturally are caretakers. And so being able to not only employ women and give women an opportunity uh, to earn some extra income for their families. And we found out that a lot of women weren't doing it because they were afraid um, to sort of drive, you know, at certain hours of the day. So we wanted, and they felt comfortable when it was, um, when it was women drivers and riders together. And so we wanted to create that space. We also wanted to uh, empower. So we wanted to uh, support other women. And we've built out in our community portal called Just Her Hub. We built out sort of these corners, these pockets of how we wanted to serve women. Uh, we wanted to give drivers an opportunity to have uh, a community among themselves. Uh, we wanted to partner with organizations in the community like uh, companies we've been talking to that we're hoping to build these amazing partnerships uh, like Safe Alliance who um, care for women who are 
experiencing domestic violence and yeah. uh, sexual assault. Um, we partner, uh, we're talking of in talks uh, at the beginning stages of talks with partnering with our local hospitals to be able to offer nurses free rides. Of course, we will, that that's a campaign that we're going to be doing uh, for during the pandemic and sort of just to give back. But the, the real core part of our community is resources. It's yeah. uh, supporting other businesses and, and, you know, just building women up, just giving yeah. them an opportunity to shine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And just having that community aspect and those resources, it, it may sound, you know, if you don't, if you've never had to ask someone for advice or we just talked about, right, the importance of being able to go to someone for a, a recommendation or someone that, or a referral or someone that is maybe experiencing something similar to what you what you're in or what you've gone through those things mean the world yes um to to folks so that is that's awesome um it's just so much good stuff because you don't know where else it can lead to right yes when you get people that are service uh oriented people that are community oriented together they start thinking about other ways to serve, right? <laughs> Things that Always. may not even be on your radar today, but next time we talk, you may say, Bex, so guess what? We, you know, we're doing now what we're working on because um, the, the people, the, the people will continue to inspire and, ha and have their own ideas for, for service and what they, you know, how they want to serve, right? Absolutely. I agree. And I think that uh, if you start to build that type of uh, organization, that type of company, and that become your company culture, then everyone that's connected to you, uh, if they have not been a servant, uh, likely will become a servant because this is kind of the company that you're building. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that part because that that's what feels really natural to me. Uh, going out raising millions of dollars is something I've never done. That doesn't feel natural to me, <laughs> but this does, you know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, um, you're, you're still raising funds. Um, do you have a um, timeline on launch? Are you taking other investors and kind of where are you from a business standpoint? So from a business standpoint, we are in our pre-seed raise. Um, so we're we're raising up to seven hundred thousand, um, and we have uh, started. Uh, we started about a, a little over a month ago. Um, so we've raised some funding through friends and family, uh, through crowdfunding platforms, and also we've started to take in some smaller uh, investments, some angel uh, checks. So. Uh, yeah, been on a. Uh, this is a journey and a challenge. So it's been uh, super tough to really kind of um, get comfortable with how all of this works. Yeah. Uh, because again, remember, I never raised capital before. Yeah. I never had to. Uh, we were just blessed enough to sort of support our our own businesses. Uh, so this was this has been quite different. But we are our mobile app is complete. Uh, we have been testing in house you know, booking rides, sort of working out some bugs, some kinks. Sure. And we have um, one other um, 
area in the community portal that we need to build out. We were hoping for um, to have a soft launch in Q2, but of course, you know how technology is uh, right. never set a launch date <laughs> because it, it's likely to change. That's right. uh, and, be, and for me, because technology, this was sort of a new uh, field for me uh, to get into technology. I've learned a lot. I'm super proud of myself yeah. <laughs> for for uh, learning all that I have throughout this process. But for me, I wanted to be very cautious because again, I felt like we had one opportunity to get this right. So I wanted right. to make sure that everything is right. So we're we're working on a couple different things, a couple of campaigns. We're working on driver acquisition and finishing up the uh, mobile app. So we're looking around Q3 and we will uh, we'll just make sure that we're ready and there, but th that's that's our goal. Um, not gonna say exactly what date right sure, now, but sure. that's what we're looking at. Yeah, and then investors, if people want to learn more, I mean, can, how, did, how does one go about investing if they wanted to? So we have a couple different things going on. So we have a um, what they call what we call a non-dilutive uh, type platform uh, going on. It's uh, I Fund Women, a very popular crowdfunding campaign uh, based around sort of like a reward type system. But it is designed for women and in particular women of color who are uh, definitely underserved in this community in this this fundraising game. Yeah. So we have something there uh, where you could just give, you know, $5, $10, whatever. Uh, there's no equity involved. And then the other is that we are, we're looking for angel investors. So currently right now we have um, a couple of different terms. Um, if you'd like to know more, someone like to know more, please get in touch with me because we have an opportunity where we um, decided that we wanted to open it up to community. And so we have, um, we opened up our cap table for some slots uh, for some really low um, amounts for the community awesome. get to get involved, but we are going to be cutting it off really soon because okay. uh, we only had so many slots to do that. Ordinarily, sure. we have other terms of investing um, and I would love to have a conversation with anyone who is uh, who is interested in knowing more. Yeah, yeah. Um, how can people get in touch with you, Kim? So they can get in touch with us at um, justherrideshare.com, our website, uh, or they can follow us on all social media platforms uh, at Just Her Ride. And, uh, you know, follow us, um, share with anyone uh, that you can. We want to get the word out that we are here, that we're coming, that we're building something amazing. And we want to make sure that the community goes on this journey with us. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys heard that. Um, support, share, um, give, invest. And um, yeah, I'm 100% rooting for you guys. Have zero doubt that this thing is going to be as successful as, as you want it to be. Maybe even bigger than, you know, what you maybe initially thought because the, the message is right. Um, in my opinion, the your, your heart is in the right place, right? Um, and who doesn't want a safer place for the women in, in their life, right? Um, and the opportunity to, to, to generate revenue and add, adding jobs. 
I mean, yes. and you've somehow now you're in a technology business, right? <laughs> yes. Which you didn't even see coming. So salute to you um, and the other folks that are a part of the team, just her ride share team. Um, I just want to thank everyone for checking us out. Um, wherever you're hearing this or watching this, please like, subscribe, share and all that good stuff. And um, yeah, I just want to say until next time, uh, peace. Thank you, Baxter. All right. <laughs>